0: Today on The Transition, I brought on Navy veteran Marlon Terrell, owner and operator of two New Jersey based Chick fil A franchises. One of the reasons I'm excited to have Marlon on the show is because he was one of the first people to expose me to franchise entrepreneurship opportunities. Franchises are small businesses and represent a great opportunity for the military connected community to pursue their entrepreneurial ambitions under trusted brands with established systems and processes all without having to reinvent the wheel. On the show, Marvin lifts the veil and gives a behind the scenes look at what it takes to buy into a franchise, the leadership challenges that come with running one, and the abundance of opportunity available to veterans and military spouses in the space. My hope is that by the end of this episode, you have a better understanding of what it takes to be a franchise entrepreneur and how to pursue that route if you choose to. Before you hear from Marlon and I, make sure you subscribe to the transition newsletter at the link in the show notes. Feel free to leave a comment on the newsletter or any feedback you have from the latest episode of the transition. Also, I love for you to share questions that you'd like me to cover on next week's show. If you're interested in contributing to the newsletter with the post of your own, shoot me an email at Mike.Stedman at bunkerlabs.org. Also, I strongly encourage you to check out the official 2021 Larker Labs Holiday Gift Guide, which features over 50 veteran or military spouse-owned businesses, many with promo codes for holiday savings. You can also access the guide at the link in the show notes. This episode of The Transition is brought to you by the MetLife Foundation and their commitment to supporting veteran and military spouse entrepreneurs. In addition, the foundation also provides mentorship and financial health resources to veterans and military spouses transitioning into the workforce. As always, I hope you enjoyed today's show, and that accelerates you on your own entrepreneurial journey. Marlon, welcome to the bunker. What's going on, man?
1: Hey, man. I am living life, uh, enjoying the journey, man, and uh, serving these people, serving them some good chicken.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're privileged to have Marlon on here. His time is worth ten thousand dollars a minute, so he's uh, giving some of it to drop some knowledge about being a franchisee uh entrepreneur uh, to the bunker, man. And so it's a, and like I tell all my guests, such an honor and privilege to have you here, spending mm-hmm. this time with us. And so uh, let's just jump straight in and have you introduce yourself to our audience.
1: Uh, well, yeah, so uh, Marlon Terrell here. Um, if I am making $10,000 a minute, then uh, I'm flying up to space somewhere with Bezos. So uh, <laughs> so the fact that I'm here, that's probably not happening, but uh, yeah, so I, I, I I'm originally from Dallas, Texas. I started my first job with Chick-fil-A. I've um, been blessed to have two jobs in my life, Chick-fil-A, the Navy, and back to Chick-fil-A. I went to Annapolis um, because I heard about them from uh, just for getting recruited for football, and i glad I went there, did submarines, and uh, came back to what I knew, to Chick-fil-A uh, in 2015. I stayed the course of reservists and I actually just uh, retired about a month ago. So, um, you did my 20 years as well. So it's been a blessing.
0: Congratulations on that.
1: That's yeah, awesome. You. Appreciate it.
0: So Marlon was, uh, making a pathway because I didn't know anybody who ran a Chick-fil-A, <laughs> you know, like in the military. And I remember you stepped out and, you know, you got out and you went into that. Um, and you know, one of the things we were just talking about, if you feel like you've also attracted other veterans to the opportunity that are present, presented by uh, Chick-fil-A. And uh, what I think is so interesting about that is on the outside looking in, we all have this perception of entrepreneurship, which is either the startup entrepreneur or you're bootstrapping something, you know, Main Street, local. And not a lot of us look at the opportunities within the franchise uh, space. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's so real, so true. And, and Mike, I was right there. You know, it's, it's funny just kind of thinking about your story and how similar it is to mine uh you know a guy growing up in texas um i think you decide to go to naval academy um uh, you're in your own way Uh, i decided and found out about through football uh we both worked at (laughs) chick-fil-a when we were in high school um and then we both decided that we wanted to be entrepreneurs and tried it out in the northeast and found ourselves in the same area and I, I did it i did the same thing you you're doing man like i i uh, started out the bootstrapping, just trying to figure it out uh started a couple of businesses um and it just didn't go the way i wanted them to to go uh wasn't going in that direction and then found out about this opportunity to do chick uh, do chick-fil-a and and the only reason i didn't start the journey with chick-fil-a uh is because i considered franchises in the beginning but everything was just so expensive. And so it's just, you couldn't afford it. I didn't have that that much money saved. I think if I had known what I know now, I probably would have put away my entire uh, junior loan that I got, you know, career starter loan. And I would have had that cash just sitting there, um, but I didn't know any better, you know? So uh, so needless to say um, Chick-fil-A was more affordable and uh, turns out to to be the best option for us. So I'm happy we ended up this way.
0: Well, I'm excited to get into it and learn more about that. But before we do that, we got to take off our armor, you know, Mm. and everybody knows Chick-fil-A was killing it during the pandemic. (laughs) You know, I've heard whispers. They're like, man, Chick-fil-A, their business model was prime, ready to serve people. Them Mm. crisp hot fries, (laughs) (laughs) you know, them chicken sandwiches. And it's funny, you know, you think about that. Chick-fil-A has always been very good at being like mobile, you know going Mm -hmm. to the sports events and doing all that. I kind of feel like that's always been a part of that kind of business model. Yeah. You have also always had these profound kind of thought leaders within the Chick-fil-A team too. Mm -hmm. I forgot the man's name who wrote the book. Uh, I wrote, read a Brandon book by him. I'll post it in the show notes, Mm -hmm. but uh, he was, uh, I think he had up the marketing for Chick-fil-A for a long time. Mm -hmm. And so it was just like opportunity meets luck. And then all this kind of stuff. And you guys were ready. Um, You know, you guys were ready to thrive in the chaos. So, uh, But take off our armor. let us know uh, what you're struggling with, either personally or professionally, Mm -hmm. as a small business owner.
1: Oh, man. Right now, these days, it is staffing. (laughs) It is it is very hard, very challenging. The staff during the pandemic, uh, you know, it was when it started, you know, it it was um, I think all the owner operators were struggling with what do we do like right when things shut down, because you know, your business and sales dropped 20, 25%. Um, me personally, that that was my story as well. And so we kind of did a hiring freeze. We tried to get through that. Uh, but then two weeks later, they jumped 100%. So you have your staffing. I mean, imagine having a 16, 17-year-old um, and a pandemic is happening. They don't need to work. You're not gonna you're, you're gonna tell your kid to stay home or if that kid is in a household in which there's um, someone immune compromised right so we had to deal with that pivot of okay we lost some people people didn't want to work we we just said hey that's all right we understand we'll we'll bring you back in the fold when you're comfortable to work and you know kept the lights on open the clothes for our guests and then all of a sudden our guests are coming in droves in a 100% increase. And that's just because nobody else was ready and poised to serve people fast. I mean, if your Chinese spot or you know your Italian spot or wherever you normally go for dinner on a Friday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, you just felt like you couldn't even get food from them because you weren't used to that model of calling and ordering, or they may not have been prepared for that. So y'all came to Chick-fil-A because uh, they still wanted some quality food so we uh got the chance to introduce ourselves to a whole new uh group of guests we were prepared mobile order all that stuff but I, I, all of a sudden i went from hey uh we're not hiring anybody to we have to hire 40 people and train them up in three weeks and and so we got through it man and uh it, it was a blessing we made it through our guest state with us through all the trials and tribulations of that and now business has settled down to a much better spot and um and so really for me right now it's uh just dealing with the transition of opening two restaurants so I, because i just opened my one in London in march and then uh, the one in woodbridge and so just sh- uh, shifting the leadership team from one restaurant to the other and trying to figure out how to properly staff and keep the one uh, that i originally had uh, you know properly prepared to serve the guests the way they're used to and that's a challenge man when you're running two uh two teams because i have about you know you all automatically go from about a hundred 105 team members to 250. And so I'm um, just dealing with that, uh, that new challenge. And, and uh, but I think we're, we're toughing through it, man. We're going to be all right.
0: You know, my business coach has a term for that. It's called just in time talent,
1: mm-hmm. you know? It's yeah. like,
0: you know, we always want to have an entrepreneurship, you got to get the right people on the bus mm-hmm. and the wrong people off the bus. Yeah. But sometimes you need that just in time talent. Mm-hmm. And As someone who worked at Chick-fil-A in College Station, Texas, y'all, mm-hmm. Listen, A and football games—it was chaos. And I know throughout yeah. this pandemic, watching all them cars parked around the corner, out in the street. So I could only imagine doing that just every day, just pumping people in there, pumping people in there. Yeah. The other thing that's interesting to me about that, you know, kind of like what you're speaking about too, is that you know when we think of the fast food industry in general, mm-hmm. right? It's a different kind of talent pool that yeah. you're kind of attracting. Mm-hmm. You know? And I would like to think that um i mean let's be honest we already know you know sometimes people just people working in fast food all they're looking for is a hope and a prayer sometimes right yeah in there and so you're bouncing that but one thing chick-fil-a is a little bit of a luxury brand Mm -hmm. in terms of it prides itself on customer service and all that kind of stuff so balancing speed and people through that onboarding process because i know it was a whole it was a while for me i had to watch all the videos and Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff and y'all to get that down in three weeks so uh, I, I'm sure that was an interesting leadership challenge.
1: Oh yeah, it was. Um, and and it was just just in time, it was like, it was just, hey, who wants to work right now? And if if you're applying, we're probably gonna bring you into the fold because we just need a body to, to walk from point A to point B and drop off this chicken sandwich. Uh, so yeah, that, that leadership challenge was unique. Um, I had a, a, a Marine leading it up. And so you know how Marines do, man, they step in and get it done and so it was a marine corps officer and that, and that's really what's unique about Chick-fil-A is um and why we have that exceptional talent is because you don't know it but <clears throat> you you go in there and you say oh they just you know fast food team member blah 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 but no we have people that are there because they are in line to own and operate their own businesses and so now that uh that marine was with me for one year and, and he came to work with me he's you know a college graduate uh, served overseas in different capacities, served with Americorps and Newark and things like that. And his whole purpose was to be a Chick Fil A owner operator. And I said, "Yeah, I got you. I can help make, help make that happen for you." And within a year, he got picked up in one of Chick Fil A's leadership programs, and he was out the door. You know, so um, so it's, it's you guys got a lot of great things like that because ultimately, all we are is this. Um, you know, when people and you kind of alluded to it earlier, like you know. It, it's so different the experience and things like that. But really, man, what it comes down to, and you probably experienced this is that we're just this, um, we're a mom and pop shop. That's what we are. And, and 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 like, that's the feeling you get, because that's our world. That's our space. But we're we happen to be backed by this multi billion dollar corporation, you know, and so you get that like small business, small business attention. So I know, now, my entire leadership team—I know every part of their journey, and I know every part of where I'm trying to get them to. And not all of them are there just to be with me. A lot of them are there because they're trying to be owners. A lot of them are there because they're trying to be um, work down the support center. So you—you kind of you're kind of balancing this, uh, you know, white collar uh, future potential and person, and that's where they're trying to get to and teaching them how to run this lead this blue collar <laughs> workforce and so uh but because they hold such high standards because they know they have these great goals then um you know they push their the the, the team to be the best they can be and, and ultimately it doesn't matter where you uh come from when you come in the door and you have people showing you like genuine love and concern and really trying to help you with like just be good. And so, you know, we we get so many team members, Mike, that they they make all the mistakes in the world and they apologize to us so so dearly. Like, I, I can't believe I let y'all down. They feel bad for letting us down because um, even though it's a challenge within itself to, to teach them, they still really want to be great just because my team loves them the right way.
0: Yeah, man. Culture is so important. It sounds like y'all really have that. And even just think about the franchisee model, it's really like business in a box. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of got this overhead, you've got the systems and processes, you already know how it works, but you still need that leadership. You still right. need somebody to be in there and make sure it runs like a well old machine. Yeah. And so uh, we're gonna get some more into it, but I just gotta let our listeners know, it's super exciting for me to be sitting here with another veteran and we're talking about this stuff like leadership and all of this. Like, I don't know, I just, it just gets me giddy because <laughs> you know, seeing us in the service And then seeing us out of the service in these new fields, both of us as entrepreneurs, this just kind of fires me up um, because you think about it. This is something we had to learn completely different than what we were trained to do inside the military. And just hearing you talk, I'm just saying, ah, I'm like, this guy has arrived.
1: (laughs) Yes, it's been good. It took a while, though, man. You know, uh, just like you, it's like you start you start a business and that's just not where you end up. You know, you start where you. You, you think that this is all I want to do, this is what I want to do, and, and you, you, you learn, you grow, you stretch, uh, and then you end up in a whole different place. And and who knows where I end up from here, man. Yeah.
0: So before we jump in and hearing about your transition from the military and entrepreneurship, I got to go ahead and acknowledge what brought us here today, and that's Bunker Labs, a national network of veteran and military spouse entrepreneurs dedicated to helping the military-connected community start their own business. We're committed to seeing that every entrepreneur in the military connected community has the network, tools, and resources they need. You can learn more by visiting www.bunkerlabs.org. Marlon, before you started working at Chick Fil A, what other uh, entrepreneur? What opportunities did you see within the veteran entrepreneur space for training? Uh, did you ever come across Bunker Labs or some of these other uh, organizations?
1: Oh yeah, man! I. There was a one that I did um, out in DC area called Project Opportunity. That was a, a nice one training for uh, veteran entrepreneurs. Uh, but but I'm glad you said that because that was the start of it, right? It was like, I think that's, that's what uh, Mike, I think a lot of vets, you know, that alpha mentality, like I got this, I'm going to figure this out, right? Um, and that's why I think they fall short. But that's what I, I did stuff like that. I looked for opportunities that were out there so I could uh, learn. Um, and there were a couple other ones, uh, like boots to business. Um, I think that, that, that they were doing something like that out of Syracuse. Um, and then uh, Kaplan had one out in DC. And so I ended up going to that one as well. So I went through two programs. And then beyond that, um, I used I, I went to a lot of meetup.com events for veteran entrepreneurs. Um, uh, Vets in tech. That was one uh, you know, so I just kind of start tapping into everything around the DC area and just, uh, and and that's how I grew and learned, uh, more and more about opportunities within entrepreneurship.
0: Did you know there was an entrepreneurial ecosystem when you transitioned or did you just kind of fall on?
1: Not at all. I, I I just, I, I, I'm just not a person, you know, like I, I feel like, um, the, the, I'm, I'm one of the, the few out there that just has no ego whatsoever, <laughs> and so I'm that guy that I'm, I'm not really confident. I, I have I'm the one that can create anything, and so I believe that anything. I if I'm gonna try anything, uh, someone has probably already done it. So I'm just I'm asking questions first before I jump into almost anything, man. So so that's how I found out. I just said let me let me look and start asking questions if I'm gonna be an entrepreneur.
0: That's it. That's the way to do it. You got to be humble. Yeah. So take us back. Talk to us about your transition into entrepreneurship. You hinted yeah. in the intro about some other ventures that you started that mm-hmm. didn't necessarily work out. We want to, We want to hear it because a lot of times mm-hmm. we don't hear this. We don't hear the failures. Everybody just highlights the success.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So it it, it was uh, it was a journey, man. So what happened uh, when I ended up coming out of uh, uh, my submarine out in Kings Bay, Georgia, uh, coming off of that uh, duty station. I went to Naval Academy where I got the chance to meet you, and while you were there, uh, and became a company officer. And so that first year, uh, I got the chance to get my master's in leadership. And so I'm getting this master's in leadership education, and I'm living this like getting paid well, you know, living this like free and flexible life. And you know, I I said, "Wow, this is cool." And and the knowledge I was getting, I just felt like the world needed this information. You know it was just too good for other people not to hear and see and get and so i decided that uh i was just going to start a business based around teaching leadership uh and leadership opportunities as a discipline and so while i was a company officer i'm up here you know hustling up and trying to get this business going and so i started a business called lead for america and so when i wasn't like as soon as the, the uh day would end uh, at with with the midshipmen i would be going up the street to baltimore school or dc school uh to spend some time with their kids to teach them about community service and uh and how to lead in a community and how to pretty much make money out of it because I, I saw that as like you know um, being uh, being in the space of like wh- where you are right being in the space of nonprofits and things like that I I saw that back then as wait there's an opportunity to to teach people that you can serve and make money and and so if we can do that then we can get more people to serve and that was my angle and so um I went into some schools got some a couple little contracts and uh learned about that but then I found it found out just like you I think you experienced man getting funding is tough right and so so um, I was talking to my buddy about that and about how hard it was to get funding and things like that. And this was like 2012. And he said that um, he was he's like, man, you ever heard of Kickstarter? And I and I, I hadn't heard of it at the time. So we looked into Kickstarter, started thinking about that. And so we had an epiphany like, man, I bet there are people, more veterans like us that just need funding. And not only that, they just need help and people want to help vets. So then we started a business called Repay Vets. And so I transitioned from Lead for America to Repay Vets. And um, we worked on that for a couple of years and spent uh, spent a lot of money building out the platform because it wasn't as cookie cutter then because Kickstarter had just started. So you didn't have all these platforms, you could just pop uh, open up a GoFundMe or whatever. And I think the year I started that GoFundMe may have just started like had just come off the ground around that same time if they were open maybe a year. Uh Indiegogo. It was it was only like three or four of them out there. And 2012, right? Yeah, 2012. Like 2012. Yeah,
0: right. Cause I went to Afghanistan. I came back and I was like, what is Kickstarter? What is right. all this stuff popping up?
1: Yep. Yep. And so um and so I ended up spending a solid um let's see it was yeah so so I ended up uh, I think it was around 2012 when I found out um, or 2013 when I found out about Chick Fil A, and um, at that time I was like, you know, let me give this whole this thing a full year before I even think about starting to apply for uh, a Chick Fil A because I want to give another because I think I was in it for a year and I want to give another full year of committing to it. And we managed to um, you know make some of our money back and um, ended up at least growing flat from it. But just the um, what it takes to build. A business like that, and um, take it to the next level, and, and maintain the security on the background. It was just so expensive that it was hard to grow it at the pace that we needed to, and we just didn't. We we got the chance to get into a, in front of a couple of uh, uh, angel investors and a couple of couple of VCs, but just um, wasn't able to get the funding at the time, and so went in and transitioned into Chick-fil-A, but, uh, but I learned so many lessons from it. So I'm glad I did it because before that, it was before starting Leap for America, you know, I'm, I'm at that time, I'm in the Navy uh, for five, six, about five years. And so this is 07. And so my I'm thinking just like you probably experienced, I'm thinking, do I go get an MBA or do I just try and start a business? And so I leaned into, let me take the money that um, I would have put into an MBA and just go start a business and figure it out. And that's the way I went. And so I, you know, a lot of money spent with Leave for America, a lot of money spent uh, with repay vets, but it all led me to where I ended up with Chick-fil-A because I learned so many things about the business process.
0: What year did you officially leave the Navy?
1: Uh, Well, uh, well, I, I left active duty in 2010 and went right into reserves, and so that was another thing that um, that really helped me is because I was uh, I went into I was activated reserve I went right into activated reservists, so I transitioned into um, an activated reservist on recruiting duty in this program called Canrec Canvas Recruiter, and so I recruited for five years. So it was funny because I got to Annapolis in two thousand six, and in 2015 or 2013 14 people coming back and saying like how are you still in dc (laughs) you know and and it was because of that that program uh because i did my uh four years on active um and i i kind of transitioned i went to naps for one of those years a little bit you know so i had a little bit of a different run but then i went right into recruiting so i was there that entire time and um and then i again, like I didn't from there, I just stay reserves. And so um, that's another great thing that a lot of officers don't know about is that one of the things that I did when I got into Chick-fil-A, just to maintain part of the community, I became a blue and gold officer. And that was just a, hey, I want to serve, I want to help people get into Naval Academy, I wanted more people to know about it, because it changed my life. And then I found out that you could get retirement points by doing this. And so I was like, Oh, well, I don't really have to get out of the reserves because I can do selective reserve if I want to I can do uh, IRR, I can do um, VTU. And so there's like these, these um, different ways to transition through the reserves and not completely get out and really get those points that you need on your own time. And, and and now it, it it may impact your career progression because i just re- retired um like i said actually august 1st i'm taking my last day out of the navy uh, i had my retirement ceremony july 10th and so i retired with 20 years of service uh, as a lieutenant commander and because i didn't while i'm opening up my businesses and all that stuff i just did not have the time and energy to do all those extra things the one week in a month, two weeks a year, all that stuff. And so I was just like, I'm, I'm just gonna uh, do my time, get my points and then transition when I can actually retire and, and secure some uh, a good future for myself.
0: Yeah, man, I appreciate you sharing that. And he's not just a franchisee entrepreneur, he's a strategic entrepreneur. <laughs> the, the reason I asked him a couple of those questions, one, for those of y'all that are tuning in that are not familiar with the service academies, blue and gold officers are uh, basically civilians that help recruit talent to go to the Naval Academy. So that's what he was referencing. And when he mentioned NAPS, that stands for Naval Academy Preparatory School. So that was where I went because I wasn't smart enough to go in right away. So they sent me to a prep school for a year. But um, the reason I asked that question is, you know, during that time while you were you know, trying to get these other ventures off the ground, you still had your base covered mm-hmm. because you had that active reserve component. So yeah. you had your salary taken care of, you had your benefits taken care of, you also had a family, you know, a beautiful wife and children. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sure that was important to you as well. And the reason I bring another reason I bring it up is, you know, um, a lot of times we think that to participate as entrepreneurs, we all have to go all in, Mm -hmm. you know, that you just got to kind of jump out there without covering that base. That's what I did. I jumped out without covering the base. I Mm -hmm. built a parachute on the way down. (laughs) But There's a there is a better way to do it, you know? Um, And sometimes you might gotta keep a day job while you build out that dream job, get some traction going, and that way you can ease that, you know, that transition into going full-time.
1: Yeah, Mike, and and it's not even about like better way or what's better, it's just multiple, right? Um, You know, so many different ways. One of the the things that these uh, young people and vets have right now that, I, I, I don't think I fully uh, like appreciate it at the time, but it's that post 9-11 GI bill. I mean, like you're talking about you can be getting your MBA, you can be getting your bachelor's degree in business if you are an enlisted and you don't have that bachelor's while getting your entire school paid for while getting money right and that and that can cover your base while you're in that so now you're in this network around other business thinkers and you can be starting a business together you know right there because you got this guaranteed income while you're going to school you know but uh but I think um I think when you start business or you're thinking about going into a business I think that um you should expect to be doing a 6 a.m to midnight job anyway and so for me to be working throughout the day and then spending time 4 p.m until midnight one two in the morning was just kind of what i expected to do i didn't expect it either any other way but to just kind of keep working keep grinding keep working and um you know you know how people how we say it man you can sleep when you're dead and so uh but if you grind it out then I'm getting a little bit of rest these days. So um, yeah, I'm going to put in that work,
0: journey, you know, how to put in that work in the early phases. Yeah. Or talk to us about this franchisee opportunity because mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of, I'm sure there's a lot of information out there, but we're not privy to it yet. Yeah. But we will be thanks to people like you. So what is that process? Like I know one of the things you mentioned early on was you felt like you didn't have enough capital for some of these other franchises mm-hmm. and opportunities. And Chick-fil-A was a good fit. And, you know, one of our previous guests was a guy named Jerry Gein from uh, Fortune Bank out in Arnold, Missouri, and he shed some light on how the banking system works and how they really do look for growth stage businesses like the franchisees to be able to get those kind of bank loans.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have you have uh, several franchises out there uh, where if you work for them um, while you're you. Like as a GM, then they may help you with financing. They may get you a group together or something like that to kind of assist you in getting that bank loan. Whereas Chick Fil A is totally different. Um, it's a whole different business model. Uh, you know, your 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 profit margins are a more slim. You know, so that that kind of forces you to be more hands on, essentially. And so uh, because you're, you're teaching. Um, your GM's a lot more, and you're kind of operating in that capacity, as a sense, um, you know. So, but the the cost out of pocket is uh, only ten thousand dollars, which is amazing compared to you know a subway that might be a hundred thousand dollars. But your profit your profit margins may be higher, but your sales are extremely low, and so it's like if you know um, I can get fifty percent out of a hundred thousand dollars or i can get five percent out of five million you know and so it, it's it's kind of like even though it's a thin profit margins it's okay because um the sales volume helps everybody do pretty well you know so so,
0: for that ten thousand dollars how does that work is that including like i mean you gotta have the building right the the rent all of that kind of yeah stuff.
1: yeah so Chick, chick-fil-a owns the building um and that's one of the things that i think a lot of people uh, may get turned off about, um, you know, kind of those uh, models where uh, the building is theirs. You have your trade name and that's it. And uh, it's a partnership. So at any point uh, they can say, hey, this partnership isn't working, but it takes a lot of uh, kind of trust, confidence and um, knowing that you're going to uphold the brand and, and honor uh, their legacy. And and, and they um, want to make they want to be good partners um, to their operators because if they aren't being that then they don't get as many people wanting to be in the space and so the uh only thing you're coming out of is that cash and then for me personally i moved my family so i'm not a uh an employee so there was no uh payment to move your family or anything like that um so that's when you talk about just the finances of it then that's it the hard part is getting selected because the selection process right now, I think it's nearing nearing 100,000 people <laughs> applying for it's a, a partner with Chick-fil-A and be a franchisee. Uh, but you're only getting, um, I think probably 100 150 is how many people they're selecting out of that group. But there's some, uh, some things that they're looking for um, that make you the right fit. And so I think when you really you really, really narrow down uh, that 100,000 people really fast because so many of them just see the lines and they see the business and they just want to be passive investors. And so they immediately just walk out and say, that's not us. And then there's this group of people that um, Chick-fil-A is looking for that happens to be applying. And that's that group that I say, you know, whenever someone asks me, how do I prepare for an interview? I tell them, you can't You either live the life of serving people and showing it like legitimate, a real world um, yeah, events that you can talk about through your life story of serving people, caring for people, people um, in communities leaning on you, or that hasn't been your story. Uh, and so, you know, for me personally, it was just so easy because I'd done so much community service. That was just... One of the things I love, just like, you know, someone like you is an Omega, right? It's just kind of what you all do. Um, and so, yeah, so I, 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 I happen to. Um, so while, while, while a lot of people can be the same on the surface, they have a degree, you know, they don't have any financial issues. Um, they, you know, all these great things, they have some leadership, uh, all these great things. That's one of the things that, that really separates people. And then another one that separates people is leadership. Have you proven to, to lead? Because you can be the best uh salesperson from your company, but do you have the best sales team? And that's what um Chick-fil-A uh, really likes. And I'll say another thing that that separates people is even if you're you come from a white-collar world of leading people, ha- do you have experience in blue co- in a blue-collar world? And so for us being officers in the military, um, who several of our peers come from that environment who are other officers, a lot of our enlisted come from that kind of blue collar space and blue collar world. And so we have a we can go up and down the spectrum of uh, different financial backgrounds, uh, different worldly backgrounds and everything uh, to get the task done. So uh, so it's like once you start peeling back the onion, you find that, okay, 100,000 people apply, but only of that group, it's probably three thousand that Chick Fil A is even going to consider anyway, and maybe three thousand that once they learn about the time commitment, that even want to be part of it.
0: Yeah, yeah, you definitely bring up a good point. This ain't hands off. I always see your social media. Yeah. You and your wife are out there in the community. Mm-hmm. You know, it looks like your staff and your team know you um and that is a lot different than just having this kind of passive stream mm. now one of the things i'm interested in on the franchisee model you know it sounds almost like a licensing situation initially right you paid it ten thousand dollars mm. you're running it how does it work in terms of the overhead in a sense of like making sure you're purchasing you know the products and the chicken yeah. and all that kind of stuff right is yeah. that the responsibility of the franchisee they have like a a debt account or they get credit through okay. a chip play what is that
1: 100 percent. um the franchisee um, Chick-fil-A will start you off and, and by start you off. I mean that they will front you the product like the chicken, you know, whatever you need to st- get your restaurant going. So if if, uh, if I need to hire staff in that first month, that s- staff cost me, you know, um, let's say uh, $5,000 or whatever that staff cost me a certain amount of money, then the money's there to pay them. But as soon as I get, um, as soon as that profit and loss statement, it comes at the end of that month, I'm paying all of that back. And so um, while you get the money, they'll they'll give you that money up front. But as soon as you make those sales, you're starting to pay it all back. Um, And luckily for us, I mean, we have a great uh, following of fans. Um, We have some best fans that are out there of our food. And so we get the chance to be able to, Kind of get out of debt if we, um, you know, pay attention to some of the like the little things like the wages, um, then we can get out of it pretty qu- relatively quickly to where we are um, generating income. But it is, you know, my I don't have a um, technically have a salary, if you will. You know, I'll uh, because my the way my my corporation set up, I can pay myself. I'll pay myself a salary, but beyond that, there is an additional profits that'll come out uh, beyond that salary based on how much we did. And it just fluctuates. You know, if we, if we sold, um, if we had a, a high month of sales because it's summertime or Christmas versus the low months of sales, like I said, say in January, if my team, um, decided to, to not pay attention to the little things, like how many nuggets they're putting in your box. So when you get that 12 count in and, and, the 30 count, and it's like 14 nuggets or 32, <laughs> you know, yeah. and then like two extra nuggets. And you think about how many boxes we sell in a day, you know, that, 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 that right there can cost me, um, all of a sudden I, I lose a couple thousand dollars on my income that month or $500 or a thousand dollars. And you think about how many different proteins of chicken we have. And so if each one of them, you know, all six, seven, eight, I'm losing $500 each one or a thousand dollars each one that that's, that's a serious dent. And so we're watching all of those uh, little numbers uh, and those processes uh, throughout the month to make sure we can just maximize those profit margins the best way possible.
0: Yeah. So it sounds almost like Chick-fil-A is like an entrepreneur model. You know, Mm -hmm. they kind of get you guys to come in, right? Like you said, you might have a side, but then profits that you make on top of that, you're able to take home. And I appreciate you talking to us about that because again, a lot of this stuff as a community, we don't know necessarily how all this kind of stuff works, you know? Um, and I know one of the things for like, when you think of traditional entrepreneurship, if that's even a word, yeah. but I think about somebody like me, that's like a bootstrapper, you know, mm. I go out there, I get my clients, I cover the expenses. I got yeah. a little bit, I left to pay with myself and you gotta keep the rest of the money in the business for a rainy mm. day, taxes, etc. cetera. You know, yeah. how hard was that process for you to make sure that like, okay, you jump in the situation. Now you're in charge of this franchise. You might have, you have the salary and everything. But what was it? How long was the process for you to feel like, OK, I'm comfortable, I'm steady. You know, I got some predictable kind of take home mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff for you.
1: Right. Yeah. So I do want to back up just to a salary piece and make sure I, I communicate that properly. So it's um, a salary is is the operator's decision. So, you know, let's say I um, let's say my profits are five thousand a month. Right. And I decide that, well, I want to start draw- writing myself a salary of a thousand a month. Uh, based on my business, based on how I can be set up. Because I, I, as an owner-operator, I can ha- be a sole proprietor, I can be an LLC, I can be an S Corp, or I can be a C Corp. And so depending on my business structure, I, and if I consistently see I'm making 5,000 in profit, then I'll be comfortable um, going ahead and just doing a W-2, just for if, if I feel like that's gonna help my tax basis. If you will, and so um, so that extra four thousand that's left over, um, I'll keep that in the business and reinvest that in other ways into the business. And so it's still it's that I just want to make sure it's clear that salary comes from my corporation and my business. It doesn't come from Chick Fil A. And so yeah, so I want to uh, clarify that. Um, But in the beginning, uh, it is extremely difficult because you don't know what you don't even know what wage to pay. And so you don't, you don't know how many people on us should be staffed. And so you get these trainers that come from all over the place that, that Chick-fil-A will give you for, uh, the first three weeks, you'll get some support and then some guidance, uh, about six weeks before that you get like two people that'll come in and they'll help you at least get the restaurant going. So you get this assistance from Chick-fil-A, which is great and phenomenal, but Chick-fil-A, um, can't really get in the way of your hiring practices and so they don't intervene in what you pay people how you pay people they don't they're not telling you any of that and so um you know so if you decide like I did I decided to go uh really heavy on a director team um because I felt like if I had that support at the top level then it would um I would have something to just um take care of all the the little duck bites, right? Because because th- that's how um, that's how that's how it was at the Naval Academy. It was like all these midshipmen, not a single job was hard that they asked for my help. But it was like death by 1000 duck bites. <laughs> you know? yeah. And so that was my experience. And so, you know, I said, Okay, how can I minimize all the duck bites? And that way, I'm sitting here and can focus and think about the bigger parts of the story, whatever's going on in the business. And, um, and because of that, uh, I didn't know what really to pay people. So, you know, I may have had a couple of my top level leaders that were a little underpaid, a couple of them were a little overpaid. And so, um, and then my team members, I, if I overpay them too much, I don't have enough left over my, for my team members. Um, maybe I should have started at a higher wage rate than I did because I'm in a new community and if minimum wage is $9 and. Um, I might think that that's good enough, right? And so, you know, you do things like that. So you make a lot of mistakes there, but even bigger than that, just staffing in general. You know, you, if you're in the South and you go see a Chick-fil-A at, at 9 a.m., I mean, people are in line for those chicken biscuits, right? And so, I mean, they're getting thousands of dollars an hour um, in sales. And when with us in the Northeast, they they look at chicken and they say, chicken for breakfast, what? And so you look up and you, you have a full staff restaurant and you only have $50 in sales for an entire hour. That's painful. Right. And so and so now you got to, uh, you know, look at people that you promised jobs to and things like that and um, shift them around, move them around, uh, see what they're going to uh, what they're willing to do for you in the business. Um, you know, so you have all those challenges. But then um, uh, so it's so a lot of it is just in your people and labor. Um, and, and like, I mean, can you, can you imagine you're, you the only place you're doing sales is 11 AM to 2 PM.
0: Mm. Who's going to work four hours a day? Yeah. You that's know, very hard. That's a niche yeah. right there. That's yeah. a whole marketing exercise in itself.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so that's that or, or three hours a day. And so that was a real problem that when we first opened up, that was our world 11 to 2 and five to eight but anytime i was staffing people in between that around that i had to really look at systems to be very very efficient and uh stream that down but i mean i couldn't even keep people if i was only giving them three hours so i had to just take the l and give them five six hours anyway even though i didn't need them during that time until we grew into that part of the business and so it it was it was a challenge man it was no joke
0: so when you say grew into that part of business, you're talking about built the community up, get a more consistent kind of flow going.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of lot of different things um, locally inside the business that you can do to be ready for guests when they come in, and just and it's it's like an investment. It's an investment into the growth of certain parts of the business. Um, And then and then all the uh, marketing things about, you know, getting people to taste certain things, find out what people are buying at certain parts of the day and get that out into the community. So they choose your business to go to and then just um, do what we do and and go and let the community know that we're here for them and we want them to be there for us. And uh, and they naturally just start thinking, making you top of mind when you're around and you're you're uh, in the places that they. That they typically congregate i mean we one like that that's one of the things that um you know we all do as owner operators is is really just get become part of the uh community and one of the things i like to do personally is instead of uh buying into like what i like or what i want i just go to the community and see what they do and what they enjoy and so for uh, i have this huge parking lot and so one of the things i found early on being in woodbridge Was that these they love car shows that's just one of the things that they do and i that's nothing that i really ever experienced seeing like every week there's a car show in a different parking lot throughout the whole city and so i was like hey let me call one of these guys up and partner with them and have a car show in my parking lot and so car show in my parking lot they come they bring a a four or five people and so now i'm I'm introducing people to my food for the first time they never had it before and so now the business just kind of grows quickly. And so we you know, go from just existing in this space of no growth to all of a sudden 15, 20 percent increase year over
0: year. So it sounds like uh, your marketing expenses, too, they come out of you as a franchisee mm-hmm. owner, that that yep. lo- that, uh, that location.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, they come out of uh, us personally. So so we do local marketing, but then also all of the restaurants in the area spend money together as well. So when you see those commercials and those billboards, that that's kind of a mixture of uh, Chick Fil a, a, a support center actually doing that, and your local market spending money together, and so it's kind of a all all uh, several tiers spending money to make that one commercial happen or those billboards happen. Um, I'll uh, to put one uh, one example for you, like uh, we have a good partnership with the Mets, and so that that Mets partnership is one that all of us as a New York market of operators decided was a great a, a great organization to partner with and so when people hit this sign uh, everybody in the whole New York market on their app they'll get a free chick-fil-A sandwich.
0: so I have to ask you on the out, is there anything different that you expected you know on the outside looking in from actually going the entrepreneur route through
1: mm-hmm. being a
0: franchisee for chick-fil-a versus like what you kind of had in mind. And I also want to know, you know, just from you on a personal level, you know, sometimes small business isn't the sexiest, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, especially when people think of entrepreneurship, you're thinking startup, you know, billion dollar unicorn going to the stratosphere or maybe you're bootstrapping some, you know, consulting company or whatever else. And what was it like you mentally also kind of transition out going into, you know, Chick-fil-A owner operator While a lot of your peers were going into that next phase of like corporate America, venture capital, etc.
1: Yeah, so uh, for that world, I I, I felt like I wasn't really cut out for um, anything else, you know, that was out there. It it just wasn't anything that really excited me as much as what this world is, because I was going to be an educator. Like that's it was like I was I was really angry that that the uh, education system is not sophisticated enough to see that a military officer uh, 03, 04 coming out can't be a principal on day one. I you know like I, I'm sure you you feel that way, right like we can do that job, you know um, and so that so like really, um, mentoring and being around young people and seeing them success. That's why I became a company officer. Like, that's what I love to do. That's what energizes me. And so it, there just wasn't anything out there that I even wanted to do or care to do, um, beyond thing, uh, things that were similar to this. That's why I ended up doing the recruiting thing. I got to go on college campuses, talk to all the, um, the organizations, civil engineering society, mechanical engineering, this, uh, about being an officer in the military, you know. So there was never a time where I looked at my peers and thought, like, man, you know, what 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 am I missing? Why should I? Why didn't I go that route? Um, but so so mentally, just like where I was, I was extremely happy, um, but at the same time, extremely exhausted because um, I was fortunate enough that my wife was working with me but she gave up her job in, in her career and she was doing really well. She was, she was running early childhood education in Baltimore City. Um, and so I'm doing well. And now we had just bought this nice house in Maryland. And I said, hey, let's go sell chicken in New Jersey and you know, just give it over to God and, and hope that this thing works out because we, I have to figure out now I moved you into a little apartment. And we got to figure out, you know, how to make some some money and, and really get back to where we were. And can we get close to that income that we were making then? And so um, yeah, so it was it was just really a nervous time, you know, because I think I think that's one of the things that people um Really don't understand. They 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 look at they look at the Chick Fil A and they just see the, the lines and they think, oh, it's automatic, it's automatic. But it's just not. You know, there's a there are a lot of stresses that go into that. Um, Chick Fil A does a great job at creating a very competitive climate because they naturally partner with Type A folks like myself who are naturally competitive. And if your restaurant isn't performing the best, you know you you're, you're trying to get it there, and so you don't know how not to stop. Uh, and so you're wrestling that with this, um, moving your family into a new space. I had a two year old at the time, um, you know, my wife, the fact that she was working with me, it made it easier for her to accept me getting up and being in the restaurant at 4am and not coming home till 1am, you know? And so, um, and she would, she would come in, she would come have lunch with me at the restaurant. She would bring my daughter to have dinner with me at the restaurant. And that was my world for about a solid three to six months for six days a week. And then Sunday, I was in there by myself eight hours a day. You know, so in and, and the whole time, I'm just thinking about how can I, you know, because that 1st PL statement, you make no money. You're negative, negative thousands of dollars. OK, you're just like. Oh my gosh. Like, how am I going to make money? Like we, at this point, at this point, Mike, you've gone probably at least a solid three to three to six months, no income at all, no income in the household. Wife hadn't had a job. You started, for me, I started my training with Chick-fil-A and gotten out of Navy in May. And my restaurant opens in September, opened in September. And so that's another thing. And, I, and I'm um, glad you bring this up because one of the things I didn't share about the financial impact is that you also have to have reserves. So because you're going to go six months to possibly a year with no income. And so you're you, you, that, that strain of like, how do I get back to where I was is real. Um, and so if you're in a, a partnership, then it's important that that partner really understands and is, is tolerant and accepting of that. But it would have been uh, un- unworldly a uh, uh, stress if if my wife was looking at me saying, why aren't you at home? But she understood uh, the journey because she was there and she saw the team and she knew I needed to be there. <laughs> she knew what I was doing and she believed in what I was doing. And that's why we were able to, to get things off the ground. It took a, a six months to really get out of the restaurant, like. Uh, to the point where I was probably 10 to 12 hour days. Um, But then it took about a year to where I was like, okay, I don't have to be here every Saturday. And then it took two years to where I was like, I just go into Saturdays when I want to. Um, But there every day. And now it's, it's more about uh, letting my team do um, what they want to do. And, and I'm always tapped in. I'm not in the restaurant every single day. Obviously, you can't be you have, have two restaurants so um you know I'm, I'm i try to let them uh, have some freedom and we and we we run uh off metrics now and so we we do operations briefs and things like that to uh make sure i'm i'm tapped into every single part of the business
0: so it sounds like business is doing good got your two locations able to spend more time at home with the family mm-hmm. so you got out of that like that kind of messy middle
1: yeah yeah well, I'm out of the rut of every day all day and i get the chance to do a lot of the fun stuff I. I just tell my marketing director like get me in the community like when is that when when is the football team starting up so we can go you know be there and bring the cow out and and give give them the volunteers some chicken and and shake hands and and tell the football local football team good luck y'all go kill it you know first day of practice give them some food um you know just anything I can do to be in the community and uh and serve we, and uh you know irony about you know my first business was lead for America. And then I get into Chick-fil-A and they have started something called a leader Academy that owner operators can uh, pay a few hundred bucks and get this packet to send to your local school. And if they have an interest, then they take a teacher, that teacher runs that program. And then, um, and it's about teaching young people, to be leaders in the community. And, you know, we go uh, at the intro, serve them some chicken, talk to them, I get the chance to talk to a, a local schools, and, uh, and let them know that I'm excited about what they're going to do for their community, their annual community project. And then at the end, bring some chicken to that, you know, so it's just, it's just the fun stuff, uh, fun stuff. Now, it doesn't, doesn't mean like the, the stress isn't there, right? Like when, like when COVID hit hard, it was like, I'm back in the restaurant, because you know, my team needs to see that I'm here every day with them. They need to see that, Hey, I'm not going to let y'all get here and serve these guests and be scared if you're going to contract some virus. Um, if I'm not there with you and then still going home to my family. So if I can feel comfortable doing it, you know, so I was there a lot more hours. Like I went back to that 12 to 15 hour days to where I could see every day part and they could see me. Um, but I have that flexibility now to pick, pick up. Uh, when I feel like the business really needs me and throttle back and enjoy time with my family when I feel like uh, my family needs me.
0: So Marlon, we got veteran entrepreneurs and military spouses tuning in from all over the country, all over the world. I want you to express to them the opportunities that are available within either Chick-fil-A or just franchisee marketing in general. And then I also want you to leave them with some tips about, what it means to be a franchise entrepreneur?
1: Yeah, so um, f- first and foremost, I would say that um, getting into the world of franchising uh, may not be as as difficult or as challenging as you think it, think it is. Uh, don't let the the financial piece uh, kind of keep you out of the door. Ask questions first. So go to the websites, uh, sign up for uh, whatever information they have, and they may have a great system of financing set up for you. So you don't have to come out of all that money because that's one of the places where I think I missed the boat on understanding franchising. Um, So there's a lot of places they may want you to work there for years as a GM and they may hire you uh, and then they'll get you in. Um, I would say that if you're going to franchise, Franchise with a very reputable model uh, and ask the franchisees. Uh, don't hesitate to to see if you can reach out to them and call and ask them what their life is like based on what you're looking for. Because um, if it's just a new workout center and they're trying to do a fran- franchise, then they're probably not going to provide you the support that you need and want. Uh, Chick Fil A is a business that says, "Hey, you're you're in, you're not you're in business for yourself, but you're not in business by yourself." And so, um, and I think if you're franchising, then you're probably doing that because you don't want to be in business by yourself. And so, I'd encourage you to to find a franchise um, franchisee and ask them that question: Do they feel like they're in it alone? And that'll give you a a, a good idea there. Um, uh, but other than that, just expect to, to, don't expect it to be easy. Expect to grind it out just like uh, any other uh, business, j- just like you do at a startup. You know, don't expect you to turn the lights on and people to, to just kind of come in the floodgates. Expect to grind, expect to work. Um, but if you do that, then uh, the chances are, especially with it being a reputable franchise, then um, you'll look back two, three, five years uh, down the line, and you'll be uh, very, very happy you did it. And do not forget, if you are in a business which hires people, if it's a business that hires people, not not contracting 1099s just temporarily, hiring people, that is and should be your priority. And if you lean into the people, they will lean into the, the guests and the community, and you'll be just fine.
0: Marlon taught me something y'all that uh, we were talking about in the pre-interview but you know one of the things when I first heard that he was going to work for Chick-fil-a I was like man that's real interesting I never I would have never expected that because I didn't know a lot of officers going into franchisee mode and you express your story about you know you you worked at Chick-fil-a as a young man and then for you to be able to kind of go back in there and mentor these guys and gals on financial literacy you know, teaching them about leadership because a lot of people, especially young people, this is their first job. And this kind of goes back to just kind of like my personal philosophy of what happens when we start looking at business outside of just the ROI in terms of a profit perspective. You know, you're uplifting the community, you're training people, you're creating a classroom, you know, they're getting on the job training and there's so much stuff that kind of goes into that. And so you have helped me change my perception on what it means to be a small business owner what it means to run a franchise and just the leadership opportunities out of there. So I want you to know, I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, man, thank you for spending this time with our listeners. Uh, for those of you that are interested in learning more about Marlon, uh, where can we find you at Marlon?
1: Uh, I'm on IG at IMD Terrell, I-M-D is in Delta, T-E-R-R-E-L-L. You can also uh, check out our restaurants, CFA St. George's Avenue and CFA Linden FSU. On Instagram, and just check out the great things that we do for people and how we uh, serve the community. So, and those restaurants are in Woodbridge, New Jersey, and Linden, New Jersey. So, even if you looked up the websites and looked up those cities, you'd be able to find our website as well.
0: As a community, how can we help you?
1: Um, really, that's 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 a tough one. Uh, you know, I think continue to uh, obviously. You know, spread the story of Chick Fil A and and all the great things that all the owner operators do. Um, if you have kids, if you have uh, people uh, that are college graduates wanting to be entrepreneurs looking for business, um, let them know that that they should. Cons- if they if they're interested in the food industry or or not interested in the food industry, um, let them know they should just consider Chick Fil A because the opportunities are endless. And that that's one of the things that. Um, you know, I tell a lot of young people about the Naval Academy that never heard of it. No, I'm never doing the military. It's the same experience. No, I'm never doing fast food, but, but our brand is different. And, um, and we're looking for all those great young people and, and employing them and creating great opportunities for them. And so I, I really encourage and appreciate if, uh, if you tell all those great people, you know, looking for opportunities that they should consider being part of our brand.
0: You heard it from marlon be sure to check it out and i'll be sure to include some links in the newsletter that i'll go i'll send out um, before this episode drops so for all our listeners out there if you haven't done so do me a favor and go ahead and subscribe to the transition podcast and newsletter on substack at the link below i release a newsletter every tuesday and a podcast every thursday so be sure to leave a comment about each episode if you like and if you have any questions about your own venture be sure to post that as well. I'm always looking for content and I would love to learn what you all are struggling with in your own ventures so I can create some content for it on this platform. If you haven't got plugged into the Bunker Lab ecosystem yet, make sure you visit www.bunkerlabs.org and select the city nearest to you. Sign up for that local newsletter and attend one of our networking events. It's that simple. From there, get connected at Bunker Online where you can learn about our many different programs to support your entrepreneurial journey. We have programs that will take you from idea to invoice, incubate you, and position you to grow alongside other founders and CEOs. Register today by clicking connect at bunkerlabs.org. Marlon, thanks again for being with us. Until next time, everyone, peace, love, and have a great rest of your week.